The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Do a product launch, they said. It'll be great, they said. And then you open the whole thing up, and you're like, I need 42 pre-launch videos and a partridge and a pear tree. But don't worry, because I'll make 100 grand by next Tuesday. Have you ever felt that whole disheartening, deflating thing, Rob, where you're like, I'm going to, oh, no, I've got loads of shit to do. I think sometimes you can do a full day's work, you get to the end of it and you think you're just about ready and then you realise this, oh no, but then that needs a thank you page, where does that go? And suddenly like this whole raft of other things appear. It's a nightmare. He watched every single episode of every single season of 24, starring, of course, Jack, he's called Jack Bauer, isn't he? In under a month, it's hypnotist Robert Temple. And he split his head open by swinging over a door. It's mind reader Kennedy. Let's start the show. Robin Kennedy can get his- okay, Rob, who was your favourite character in 24? Now, There's only one right answer, by the way. This is going to define our friendship. I actually can't remember all that much about it. It was such a long time when I watched it. I just remember being obsessed with it for that month and binging the hell out of it. I invented binge watching telly. <laughs> Chloe was the word you were looking for. Chloe was amazing. Is she the, is she the lovely one? She, she's the Mary Jane Radcliffe. Yeah, amazing. Yes, here we are. And we are right here every single week helping course creators, coaches, and membership site owners make email marketing way less of a numbers game and put the odds in your favor with harder-hitting, higher-converting, psychology-driven email marketing. Hello, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. The email marketing heroes. And this week, we are talking to Chris Orzakowski about a really cool way to take a ton of the work out of doing product launches thanks to email marketing. But before we get onto that, I've got something very special for you. You see, if you're anything like us, you've probably got a whole bunch of subscribers who are on your email list who haven't yet bought anything. Like they've opted in for that freebie, they've registered for that webinar, they've done something and then haven't given you any cash for the privilege. How rude. So we would uh, love to give you an email campaign that you can take, swipe, fill in the blanks and deploy to start making more sales straight away. You can download it completely for free. Just head over to the email marketing marketingshow.com forward slash flash sale forward slash flash sale and you can go ahead and download that on us as a treat you make it sound so easy to say slash flash sale because it's quite quite a tongue twister so rob so tell us about chris i want to tell you i want to tell you a little bit about chris but i'm going to do it in a rather unusual way as ever we're going to give you uh, three different facts here well one's a fact two are lies kennedy your job is simply to guess which of these things is true about chris okay So the first option is that he watched the TV show Mad Men six times, all the way from start to finish. Okay. Second option is that he's collected every single Marvel comic that was ever made, with the exception of one. Okay. Uh, I mean, one copy of each. And the last one is that he was once accident, well, unexpectedly an extra in a Hollywood movie because he happened to be at the place that they were filming and they needed some more bodies and dragged them in. Okay. I don't think it's the Marvel comic one because I think a comic fan would specify exactly which 
which one it was, if it was only one. He'd say, oh, apart from this of this, I don't think it's that one. I'm trying not to look at Chris uh, on the Zoom call here and get any clues. Um, and I don't know, I think the last one sounds like something you would make up. So what was the first one again, Rob? The very uh, first has one. watched TV show Mad Men six times from beginning to end. Oh, I don't know if it's that because I tried to watch Mad Men once and uh, it wasn't really for me. I'm, but I am going to go with it. I'm going to go with Mad Men. Chris, which one's true? That's, that's the one right there, yeah. I, yes! uh, I clearly have a bit of a problem, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Binge-watching telly. Binge-watching telly. Love it. Okay, well, welcome to the show, Chris. Lovely lovely to uh, see you and hang out. Um, so one of the things, you've you've been sat behind a whole bunch of really monster, monster-sized launches. You've been, um, been the guy behind the scenes, the wizard behind the curtain, you might say, but to, behind some well-known launches of people making squillions of dollars. And obviously, and you've also duplicated that yourself in your own business. One of the things I think puts a lot of people off is a thing we alluded to in the very opening of the episode, which is we think, right, I'm going to launch my product. You think, right, I've got my products, or at least I've got a way of people paying me. But then suddenly it becomes this avalanche of all this other shit you need to produce, like all these pages and videos and objection handling and downsell and all that sort of stuff, you've got a slightly different approach, haven't you? So do you think, first of all, before we get into your approach, do you think all of that stuff is necessary and makes a difference? It depends on what level you're trying to play at. Like if you're trying to do 3 million bucks, then yeah, you're probably going to need some of that stuff. And if you have a team of, you know, 15, 20 people, then, then yeah, you know, it, you need to do all the bells and whistles. But um, for me with my business, that was one of those things where I just didn't have the mental, physical, or emotional bandwidth to, to put myself through. After doing just the copy part for years and years and years for clients, you know, month after month after month, these big large scale launches, when I started launching my own products, I was like, I'm keeping this simple and like as simple and as low stress as possible. Um, so I kind of went in the complete opposite direction. So just to put some sort of framing on this, let's just talk a little bit through, you've got a product. It was like, it started at like $500, I think. Right. And yeah. you were able to sell a whole bunch of them. So just talk us through a little bit about what was achieved and then we'll break down the mechanics of that. Yeah. So um, my first, I guess, like flagship course uh, is what you could call it. It's called Email Copy Academy. It's about, you know, email copywriting uh, and marketing. Um, Sounds great. I launched it. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Um, I launched it a little over a year ago. And, um, when I launched it, the course didn't exist. There was no content and I didn't have a sales page or anything like that. I basically said, I have this idea. I want to do this and I want to turn it into a course and I'm going to figure everything out as I go. So the reason why I did it that way was I didn't want to spend, you know, a full quarter or six months or whatever it was creating content, creating videos and writing some amazing sales page and doing the videos and doing everything else and making sure the thank you page and the down sales hooked up and all that stuff and then launch it and then have no one buy and say, wow, I just wasted half a year of my life when I could have been doing something else. So it was really more of a, let's make sure that there's actually, um, you know, there's actually some, some juice in this idea before I go down that path and, and spend all that time. Um, Cause obviously as, as we all know, like that's the most valuable resource we have is time. And, you know, you spend six months or three months, whatever it is on a project that doesn't work out, uh, you know, it happens to everyone, obviously, but you want that to happen as, as, you know, not often as possible. Um, so what I did was I just started selling this thing with an order page. 
Um, and I think part of it too was, you know, I, I literally just, I would write emails and I would link people to an order form and the order form had like, you know, six bullets about like what's in the course and the price started at 500 bucks. And it's funny because after I started selling it, I sold a bunch of 500 bucks and I was like, there's no way in hell anyone's ever going to pay more than $500 for this thing. And now it's 1668 and I'm still raising the price and people are still joining. So I guess, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about all the time. <laughs> but <I just laughs> Do kept, any of us, you know, do any of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild, but, uh, and still, there's still no sales page. And, and I think it kind of started off because I was like, I just don't know, you know, what the met, what the core message is. And like the course is kind of for a few different people. It's, it's for people who want to do email marketing for their own business, but it's also good for copywriters. And there was like, it was kind of like a little, a lot of gray area. And I was like, I don't know what, like, what's the, what, what's the headline? Like, what's the one core thing? And I just could never figure that out. So I said, screw it. I'm just not going to have anything. I'm just going to keep on selling it right to the order form. Do you know what? It's, it's, I mean, it, I mean, it's great. It is mad. I mean, first of all, like all of, for all of us, people who, you know, us course creators, we know that stress of having to put all that stuff together and think, and this is great for the next time we're launching a new course. Damn. We, we spend months like yourself putting that sales page together, really obsessing, crying, arguing over that headline going, what's the angle? What's the big market and idea here? And actually, the reason we do that is because the sales page can only really create more friction. If you can actually get more stuff done in the email and you can build an email up, you can send them an email every day, twice a day. You can go berserk. You can go multiple times a day, build up that message, which you could never, ever do on a sales page because you can't control, you can't control the cadence of, of receipt of the information if it's on a sales page. So... That idea of not having a sales page and, and removing the the speed bumps, you're making a nice smooth slide into the sale is good. I mean, I'm ready to hang up. That's it. The episode's this has been this has been <laughs> bloody mean, our, beautiful. Our next headline is going to be secure order form. <laughs> yes, That's all yeah. the next headline is going to be. We accept Visa, Mastercard, and Amex. Um, so that's really interesting. So the first time you did this, was it a like a four, five, seven, ten day promotion to test it out, or or did you instantly go into this and say we're using the word launch here? So I'm curious to see, was it like a launch with all the hype and urgency and scarcity of the closing of the launch, or what? So kind of, yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't like a tight five day or seven day, you know, cart open, cart closed period, which you traditionally see in the industry. It was actually like a two and a half week, just about, you know, give or take a day. I actually launched it. Like I had been talking about it that December. I launched, I think we started like January 13th. That was when the first class officially started. Because remember, none of the content was created. So I did everything live. I created week by week as I went through the six weeks. So I think I launched it the day after Christmas. It was like December 26th. And I woke up and I said, screw it, I'm watching today. I'm just going to do it. Hang but on, I've been talking- hang on, hang on. Right, okay. okay. So you decided, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do is, never mind like logic, I'm going to launch on on the day after Christmas Day, which in the UK we call that Boxing Day, right? I'm going to launch the day after Christmas Day. I'm not going to create a product. I'm not going to put a sales page together. I'm just going to whack some emails out on the day after Christmas. Yeah, and I got a bunch of, I think I got like five sales that day. So that was pretty cool. Um, I was like, oh, good, I can pay off my credit cards for all the Christmas gifts. Christmas <laughs> so I totally interrupted you because I got dead excited. You were saying something brilliant, and I just got, I just got, sorry. so where were you? Um, I was, I was just in my house, just firing off these emails, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, and the thing is like, I had talked a little bit about the course. I did a survey. I'd kind of like teased at some ideas of like, you know, 
it's going to be a coaching program, like a small group coaching program, and blah, blah, blah. You know, that was the, the initial iteration. And now you record that and then that becomes the course because it does, you know, people just go, they need to go through the same steps as, as we know with, with courses, whether it's live or they're doing it by themselves. But um, yeah, so like I didn't do like this whole big orchestrated thing. I just kind of teased it. People knew what the idea was. They kind of knew in like one or two sentences, like what the benefit was. And then I launched it. And I think in that two and a half weeks, I'd gotten 33 at 500, 33 students. And one, one before the first class started, he was like, actually, I don't know if this is for me to want to refund. So I give back to him. So it was like 32 the final. So I, it was like 16 grand, um, which was not, not terrible. Um, that's for sure. This is awesome. I mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting is that if you look at the sort of typical flow of a sales letter, every every copywriter has their formula that they'll sort of work to you know, roughly in order to take people from headline to get their attention down to a call to action at the end. So I'm curious to see across the course of say two and a half weeks of emails, what are the sort of stages that you aim? Because you've effectively, as I guess, got to replicate that. So what are the sort of stages that you take people through with the different types of emails that you're sending in this type of promotion? That's a good question. Um, so I tried to hit from every single angle I could in terms of, you know, part of it is telling this, you know, sharing stories, obviously that that's a super important part of any, you know, any, any piece of marketing. So, you know, the origin story, creation story, the product, and, you know, the, even the creation of like your strategies and methods and like where you had these big epiphany moments that led to the philosophy that's in the course. Right. Um, but it was that combined with people you've worked with in the past. So there's some like case study stories mixed in there. And then also it's just handling objections and, the funny thing is like, I think it, I think it worked better because this past, uh, actually a couple months ago, I launched a, a print physical newsletter that I sent out in the mail and I had written a sales page for that. And I got a bunch of people to join. I got like 175 people at the initial launch, which was really cool, but nobody, nobody read the sales page. I mean, I had people asking me questions that I had like, like agonized over in the copy. Like, is this clear? Do people understand? Like I had people like, Hey, how do I get digital access? I'm like, it's a physical newsletter and a book. You get it in the mail. You know, like no one was reading anything and people were even messaging saying, yeah, I didn't even need to read it. I just bought it and whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. I just wasted all that time and spent like, you know, 30 to, to 40 days working on that, but whatever. So but the reason why like the email only approach works is because um, what you said before, like you can kind of control the consumption, right? Like if people are in that habit of reading, maybe not all of your emails, but let's say 80% of your emails, you're dripping out pieces of the sales argument day by day. So they're ingesting that a little bit at a time every single day, instead of saying, Hmm, let me clear my schedule. Let me tell my secretary to clear my schedule and put the kids in the other room with the movie on. And let me just pour myself a nice glass of Chianti and read this long form sales letter. That's 45 pages and go through the whole thing. Right? Like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't work. It obviously does work. Just they just do work. I'm not saying that at all, but I think it's not completely necessary because the people who are on your list, if they're tuning in every day or a few times a week, whenever you email, they don't need all that sometimes. They don't. And I think what this is great for is for us, when we're creating a new course, when we're putting a new thing together, if this is a really good market test, so rather than having to waste loads of time creating the stuff that, like you said, no one might buy because you might have got the big idea wrong or the angle or whatever it is, that main message, you might have got it wrong. So if you can go, actually, I can... I can make a I can make a shopping cart checkout thing because I've got that technology. I can just do that, so I can take payments, and I can write a series of emails, and I can do that in real time. So I've had to do no up. I might spend an hour 
setting up, if you're a bit slow at setting up all the, the, the glitchy bits of a shopping cart, and then you can just launch it in real time. And if you make no sales after five days, guess what? Move on. You haven't wasted any time for testing a brand new product. I think, I'm going to say a big bold thing, this might be the best way of launching a new test of a new product that I think I've ever heard of, Rob. Yeah, it's a really great way to get the sort of minimum viable pro sales process in place, isn't it? 100%. Like if you've got somewhere to take the money and you've got a thing to tell them about the thing you want money for. And done. what's amazing is if you if you are tracking the clicks on those emails, you can see which which emails are resonating the highest, take the messaging from those things and use them in the damn sales letter because they've already proven to be the arguments that work. Welcome yeah, to I'm, Chris's I'm... Appreciation Society, the <laughs> podcast. I've done that with, with certain emails, like with the newsletter or sales letter, uh, you know, for the bonus, the, the, this book that I give as like a free gift for joining, like the copy for that was an email. I just copied and pasted and, you know, swapped out the parts where it says click the link below or, you know, click the link in the scene or whatever the language, I don't remember exactly, but like I, you know, 95% of that is just, it was an email and now it's on the sales page. And I've even done that with, um, you know, I just want, if I happen to write a super long email, that does a really good job. That could become like a micro sales space. And I think that the reason why it works is because, you know, if you have a 3000 word sales page that you expect someone to read one time, you know, contrast that with sending 30,000 words of copy via email every single month, like which one of those is going to have, you know, a more impactful punch, right? Like it's just a volume thing after a while, like it's just more consumption, more, I always think of email and maybe this is kind of like a little weird. I don't know, but I always think of email as like lines of code that go into your brain, right? Like you can write code in people's brains with the emails that you write because if they open them up and they read them and the stories you tell and the reasons you share and all these things, they start to see the world and think differently. So the more and more lines of code that you could write in your brain on a consistent basis, you know, for people who are reading your emails, the obviously the higher uh, your sales are going to be when you eventually you launch something. I'm interested over the course of this launchy campaign, obviously a lot of the time with a product launch, a standard product launch, somebody will maybe send a bunch of emails towards the beginning and then maybe it's a bit of a lull and then maybe pick it up in the middle. And then obviously towards the end, you really need to ramp up that closing period. I'm curious, how did the sort of emails fit in terms of how many emails you were sending over what time period over that two and a half weeks? How did that look? I was sending one a day, every single day. And then I want to say the last, you know, maybe the last week I sent two a day, although maybe it was like the last five days I sent two a day. And then the final day I probably sent like four, maybe, I, you know, it, it was a long time ago, but I definitely sent a bunch on the final day. Um, you know, got a bunch on subscribes and, but who cares, right? Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> and if, if for like say 70% of that promotion, you were sending an email every day, is that different from your day to day email marketing practice? Is that like a heavier, would you typically email day to day? Every day. Um, back then I wasn't emailing every single day. Now I am, you know, I, you know, there's some days I'll miss, you know, if it's like, like this weekend, I just, it was a nice day and I felt like going outside and writing an email. So I just didn't, you know, because every now and again, just whatever, you know, if I send 28 emails in a month instead of 30, like who cares? Mm -hmm. But you know, back then, yeah, it was definitely a little bit different. I was probably emailing three to five times a week consistently back then. Um, so the volume was definitely, you know, a little bit more, uh, but I don't think people really minded, you know, because I think that there's just so much media nowadays. I, I don't know about you guys, but like there'll be times when it's like, you know, 8 PM and I'm just like scrolling on my phone through my inbox and I'll scroll down. And I'll be like, Holy crap. That email was this morning. Like that felt like three days ago. Like, you know, you'll see messages 
and be like, I can't believe that's the same day because our because with all the media and social media and our phones, we're always connected. Like there's just so much information that runs through our mind that it's almost like time is distorted. So I think if you're not emailing, you know, on a daily basis or close to it, you're just leaving money on the table because it's not like it was in 2008 when people were like, Oh my God, this person emails me every day and I only get, you know, 12 emails a day. So I'm noticing it. People get a hundred emails a day. Like you're going to get lost in the shuffle if you're not emailing frequently. Totally are, totally are. Absolutely love it. We're well, now going to head into the next section of the show. Subject line of the week. Subject line, line of the week. week. All right, Chris. So have you got an amazing subject line that you're particularly proud of or pleased with that we could dissect for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I sent one to my own list um, a while back, and it was the word COCAINE in all caps with an exclamation point. <laughs> and that I'll was get it. them hooked. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That'll get them hooked on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it, it was, it, and it worked like people loved it. I got a ton of replies, uh, shockingly low unsubscribes, which was weird because, uh, when I, I wrote a while back, I wrote a subject line, uh, you know, revealing the gender of my baby and the subject line was gender reveal. And I got like 10 unsubscribes that day. And that's kind of uncharacteristic, but with the cocaine subject line, I got almost no unsubscribes. So I don't know what that says about the people on my list, but it was Love very interesting drugs, to see. hate children. <laughs> Love drugs, hate children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. It, that's the awesome thing about email, though, to see what people react to and how they respond. Um, but yeah, the, co- and, you know, the email was about, I went to the bodega around the corner to pick up a sandwich, and I'm looking you know, behind the counter, and there's this display of products, these liquid tubes, and it's called cocaine in all caps. I'm like, what the hell is that? It was like some energy shot. So I just wrote an email about naming your product and you know, lacing an implied benefit into it. Um, so that was kind of the payoff of the subject line, but people love that. That's an absolutely amazing subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Well, Chris, dude, this has been awesome. Listen, for people who want to find out more about you and follow you and everything you're doing, tell us where to go. Yeah, you can go to the email copywriter.com. And if you do, I'll give you a free copy of my book, make it rain the secret to generating massive paydays from your email list. Uh, you could go on Amazon and buy it for 20 bucks, or you could just get it for free. Uh, kind of your call. I'll take your money if you want. Uh, but you know, you don't have to give it to me <laughs> just yet. Love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, we put all that in the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theemailmarketingshow.com slash cocaine. It had, That's what I was going to It pick. had to be cocaine. <laughs> it had to be. This has been absolutely awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. My mind is going berserk about using this in our next launch. Absolutely great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Cheers. The email.